0: Good afternoon. good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, great, oh, that was really, uh, I, well I love the worship and uh, quite stirred by what we just heard about the world, Mervyn, thank you for staying and telling us about that. When uh, people often ask me, what do you do J. John, it's very difficult to know what to say to people, because uh, if I say that I'm a reverend, which I am, uh, then that conjures up certain images in people's minds as to what I might be. If I say to them that I'm a canon in the Church of England, which I am, you know, that. What does that mean? You know, it confuses people. So I often like to be a little bit creative in telling people what I do. I sat next to this lady on an airplane at Heathrow Airport, and I said, hello. And she said, oh, hello. And, uh, and I said, where are you going? She said, oh, I'm going to Singapore. Then she said to me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Australia. I said, what do you do? She, she told me. Then she says, what do you do? And I said, well, <laughs> I work for a global enterprise. She said, do you? I said, yes, I do. I said, we've got outlets in nearly every country of the world. She says, have you? I said, yes, we have. I said, we've got hospitals and hospices and homeless shelters. We've got orphanages. We've got schools, colleges, universities. I said, we do reconciliation work. We do marriage work. We do justice work. I said, Basically, we look after people from birth to death and we deal in the area of behavioural alteration. (laughs) And she went, wow, like pretty loud. People all turned and looked at us. She goes, what's it called? I said, it's called the church. Have you heard of it? (laughs) So really, that's what Christians do. We are part of a global enterprise and helping people on their journey and helping them uh, to uh, be the kind of people that God always intended us to be now the conversation continued and it became obvious that her understanding of Christianity was a misunderstanding and I think that's true for a lot of people today um, in England in Britain that Their understanding of Christianity is a misunderstanding. And Pete asked me to come today to explain to you what Christianity is. So that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to explain it to you. And then when I conclude, if you'd like to begin this journey, if you'd like to begin following Jesus and make this a reality for yourself, I will ask you to stand up as your way of saying, I want to begin this journey. So I'm telling you now that I'm going to tell you to stand up in 30 minutes' time so that you won't be surprised, so you'll be up for it. Uh, What is Christianity? Well, there are, of course, many different ways of explaining it. But I think one of the easiest ways to understand it is to consider it as an invitation, Now, if you're anything like me, I'm sure you appreciate invitations. I mean, even if you can't go, it's really nice that people remembered you. Now, when you get an invitation to a wedding or something like that, you get the invitation, bottom of the card, you find the letters RSVP. What do they stand for? Well, there was this professor with his wife uh, teaching at a semester, in a university over here, and uh, while they were here, From this other country they received a wedding invitation bottom of the card RSVP now they didn't have that code back in their country so the professor was trying to crack the code and then he goes yes his wife said what and he said RSVP remember some wedding present (laughs) now he thought it was a demand but actually it was an offer now, you and I, we know what those letters stand for. They're French. respondez si vous play," which basically means, are you going to come? And people put a date. So if you don't reply by the date, you can't go. Every single one of us today is being offered the Christian invitation. RSVP. 27th of September, 2015. Will we be offered it tomorrow? Don't know. You're like going, well, (coughs) what do you mean you don't know? Well, don't know. Why don't I know? Well, because none of us know whether we're going to be alive tomorrow. You see, that's why it's very important to reply to the invitation while we're still alive. Some people have the kind of mentality, I'll wait until the 11th hour. I meet people like that. No, I'll live my life. I'll wait till the 11th hour and then I'll, then I'll accept it. 11th hour. But what if you died at half past 10? <laughs> You've blown it. You've missed it. Very important to reply to the invitation now. Now. Now, when you get an invitation, there are three things you want to know. You want to know who's it from, who's it to, what's it about. It's a very famous verse in the Bible located in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. So whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That one verse answers those three questions. Who's it from? Who's it to? What's it about? Who's it from? For God. It starts with God. G-O-D. Now, what does G-O-D mean? Again, that can mean different things to different people. When the first Russian astronaut returned from space... First interview, first question. Did you see God? He said, No, I did not. And the Soviet Union heralded this as proof that God did not exist. When the first American astronaut returned from space, first interview, fourth question. Did you see God? He said, I would have seen God had I stepped out of my spacesuit. <laughs> Can you see? Two completely different understandings of the word God. A little girl said to her mum, Mum, is God in the house? So the mother thought about it. Is God in the house? Yes, he is, dear. The little girl said, Mummy, if God's in the house, is he in the kitchen? So the mother thought, Well, if he's in the house, he's, surely he's got to be in the kitchen. Yes, he is, dear. So the little girl said, Mummy, if God's in the house and he's in the kitchen, you know the marmalade jar without the top on it? Is he in the marmalade jar? What do you think? What do you reckon? Go on. Yes. You reckon he's in there? Okay, so when the kettle's boiling, he's in there having a sauna. <laughs> no, it's just good to know what you believe, isn't it? So the mother's thinking, well, he's in the house, he's in the kitchen, so he's got to be in the marmalade jar. Yes, he is. And the little girl went, I've got him. <laughs> you, see, you see, that's how we often think. We, we want to say, this is God. But listen, God is unboxable He cannot box god in if you and i could fathom and understand god he'd be the same as my little mind therefore he wouldn't be worth believing in it's only as we come humbly to god that we can begin to understand god and many people today ask the wrong questions if you ask the wrong question you can never get the right answer Here's, here's the question has god spoken Yes, God spoke in creation. Do you know there's enough in creation for us to encounter the creator? God has spoken through history many, many times. But God's greatest revelation of himself for all people, for all cultures, for all times, was in Jesus Christ. Now, here's a really good question. How do we know Jesus was the one that's a good question. Well, to answer that question, look at the Bible. Okay? The Bible is a library of books. Two Testaments, Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament begins with a book called Genesis, ends with a book called Malachi. New Testament begins with a book called Matthew, ends with a book called Revelation. Last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, to so the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, there are over 500 years of silence, God doesn't speak, nothing's communicated, nothing's written. In the Old Testament of the Bible, written over several thousands of years, there are recorded what are called messianic prophecies. They tell you about the arrival of God from heaven on earth. Details such as how that's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how he's going to grow up, what he's going to say, what he's going to do, how he's going to die. You've even got details like the number of coins that will be used to betray him. There are 322 messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. Okay? Written over several thousands of years, you've got a 500-year gap. Do you know what the mathematical compound probability is? of 322 prophecies being fulfilled in one man at one moment in time. It is 1 over 84 with 100 zeros. In other words, it doesn't happen every day. (laughs) You know, I, I... Frequently, I've I've been asked, and I used to speak a lot at a lot of universities. You know, why are you a Christian? Because it's true. (laughs) It's actually true. I mean, I can give you loads of other reasons, but it's true. Christianity is true, and the invitation for you to uh, go and do an Alpha course gives you that opportunity. To, to, to look at some of the facts, to, to ask your questions, to engage into dialogue, and so I'd encourage you, if you've never ever done an Alpha course, take this opportunity that Emmaus Road is offering to you to do this course and, and discover more. Who's it from? God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The invisible God became visible in Jesus. The intangible God became tangible in Jesus. The unknowable God became knowable in Jesus. The invitation is from Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Who's it to? For God so loved the world every single one of us irrespective of our age background color of our skin the invitation is to you and to me now just because we're being issued an invitation doesn't mean we acknowledge the invitation i gave a whole series of lectures for a whole week at oxford university and after my final one, this student comes up to me and, and says, oh, how much he enjoyed my lectures and all of that sort of stuff. And I said, oh, thanks very much. And then he said, but personally, I believe Christianity is a crutch. And I looked at him and I thought, I hope you break your legs. <laughs> That's probably why I'm not a vicar. And... Um, LAUGHTER um, no, it was one of those random thoughts, you know, you get a random thought. And, um, <coughs> and I said to him, listen, if you broke both your legs, would you appreciate the use of a wheelchair to get around? He said, yes, I would. I said, if you broke one leg, would you appreciate the use of crutches to get around? He said, yes, I would. I said, well, I'm a broken person. So are you. I've never met a person who isn't broken, And I'm so pleased I can lean on Jesus while he's putting me back together again. When people say Christianity is a crutch, I go, yeah, it is actually. Oh, you do know something about it. (laughs) It is. Actually, I don't find that an offensive statement at all. It really is. The invitation is to every broken person in the world. Who from? Jesus. Who to? You and me. What is Christianity about? Well, the Bible's got 800,000 words in it. If you reduced it into three sentences, what's it about? It's about this. One, forgiveness from the past. That's the first thing. Forgiveness from the past. Why do we need forgiveness? Well... Do you agree with the following statement? There are problems in the world today. Do you agree with that? Yeah. There are problems in the world today. Isn't it interesting that ne- nearly all the people who know how to solve the world's problems are too busy cutting hair and driving taxi cabs? <laughs> it's just, just an observation, isn't it? You know, I said to one of my hairdressers, I said, oh, it's a shame you're too busy cutting hair. You could be the prime minister. You know, in a 30 minute haircut uh, is how the world should be run. We've all got ideas, haven't we? And and the truth is, the government, uh, social agencies, um, charities are doing their best to alleviate the symptoms. But if you're trying to alleviate the symptoms, you're always going to have the symptoms unless you deal with the root cause. That makes sense, doesn't it? So the question is this, what's the root cause? A mother said to her husband, hey, look after Annie for me, their daughter. I need to get on with a few things. He thought, okay, what could he do to occupy her? He flicks through a magazine. He sees a map of the world. He says, Annie, watch what I'm going to do. He cut the map of the world into small squares, muddled all the squares all over the floor, and said, Annie, put the squares back together again to make the map of the world. When you've done that, come and find me. So he thought, good, that'll keep her busy a few minutes later daddy I've done it he thought she couldn't have done it went to have a look all the squares were put in exactly the right place he says Annie how did you know where to put the squares she said well when you were cutting the map out I looked on the other side and I saw a picture of a man and a woman and I thought if I could put the man and the woman back together again I could put the world back together again You see, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. That's what's wrong. The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And it's out of our hearts that come the things that pollute and distort people, relationships, communities, countries and continents. Now, just imagine you passed out of this life. This is just an illustration. (laughs) You woke up in a theater like this, sitting there on your own. In front of you is a big screen. All of a sudden, the doors open, an angel flies in, comes up to you and says, Welcome to the theater of judgment. Relax. (laughs) Watch the screen. There on the screen, you see your life. Everything you ever did here on earth everything you ever said here on earth, and everything you ever thought. At the end of the film, as you're recovering, the angel comes back and says, relax, there's going to be a second showing. All the people who are featured in the film of your life are all waiting outside. We're just going to let them in to view your life a second time. How would you feel if your life were judged on that basis? That is exactly how God judges us. In an instant. We're judged by everything we thought, said, done. I don't know about you. Me, I would not want a private viewing, let alone a public viewing of my life. I honestly do not need convincing. I mean, what film rating would you give your life? <laughs> Think about that. What about your thought life? Just thought life. Would that be suitable for family viewing? You know, could we put that one on the Disney Channel? (laughs) You see, what people don't realise is that what we think, say and do has consequences. See, people think there are no consequences. There are. That stuff disconnects us from God and it works a bit like an overdraft in a bank account. If you have an overdraft, I have an overdraft. You can't help me, I can't help you. The only one who can help us is someone in credit. Jesus was the only one in credit. If our greatest need was information, then God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was money, then God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was technology, then God would have sent us a scientist. But our greatest need was forgiveness. That's why God sent us a savior. Jesus came into this world to die on the cross because by dying on the cross, it was as if he was cashing a check signed with his own blood to say, here's the check to clear your overdraft. A famous artist went back to the very uh, small community where he was born and brought up. And he's just walking around some of the stores and he sees this antique shop. He cannot believe what he sees. In the front window is one of his masterpieces. It was a painting that he would painted years before he was famous. The frame was broken, the painting was dirty and scratched, but it was his. But he couldn't go into the store and say, hey, that's my painting, give it back to me. If he wanted it back, he had to buy it back before he could clean it, restore it, and then reframe it. That's exactly what God did for us in Jesus. He bought us back to clean us, restore us, and reframe us. Forgiveness from the past. I became a Christian on the 9th of February, 1975, when I was a student in London, and the light came on. Everything just changed. Nine, nine, it was the 9th of February, 10 p.m., Everything just changed. My mother said to me, you're brainwashed. I said, mum, my brain has been washed. If you only knew, mum, what was in my brain, you'd be pleased it got washed. (laughs) I can tell you, it was worth washing. And there's this great sense of like, freedom from the past. Jesus offers you and me forgiveness from the past. Two, new life here today. The word Christian has got the word Christ in it. If you remove the word Christ from the word Christian, you're left with I-A-N. Ian isn't going to help you. (laughs) Trust me on that. I'm not saying that Ian isn't a nice guy. I didn't say that. And I'm sure Ian can do a few little jobs for you. He's not going to change your life. He's not. You know, I meet a lot of people today and and I say, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, and then you have a little conversation. You, You discover that they've got more to do with Ian than they do with Christ. The only way you can be a Christian is to be connected to Christ. Think of your life just for a moment like a car, okay? The car of your life. Just go with me on this one, an analogy. Okay? To be a Christian using this analogy means that Christ is in your car. Okay? And if he's not in your life, I would urge you, I would encourage you, invite Christ into your life. Now, for many of us here today, you're probably thinking, no, I don't need to do that, J. John, because he's already in the car of my life. Great he's already in your car okay where is he do you drive your car to church unlock the boot get jesus out for religious happy hour (laughs) at the end of the service get back in there you know in other words no one would know the rest of the week that you've got anything to do with christ You're going, no, he's not in the boot, Jay John. He's in the car. Oh, that's good. Where is he in the car? Back seat, bit of a passenger. No, he's in the front seat. What, front front passenger seat. So a bit bit more of a companion, but still a passenger. And you're thinking now, you're kind of one step ahead of me now, aren't you? You're thinking, oh, he's going to say, are you in the driving seat? Is Jesus in the driving seat? I am actually. Is Jesus in the driving seat? (laughs) Is Jesus in the driving seat of the car of your life? Everyone here who thought, yes, he is. One more question. Are you a backseat driver? (laughs) The car gets to a roundabout. Jesus turns right. (laughs) Where are you going? I'm going down the road of generosity. (laughs) I don't want to be generous. Get to a T-section. Jesus turns left. Where are you going? I'm going down the road of forgiveness. I don't want to. It's very easy, isn't it? To kind of say, oh, yeah, Jesus is in my life. But the reality is, you know, he's either in the boot, he's either a passenger, or he's driving, and I'm, I'm pulling the steering wheel. You see, when Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, is in the driving seat, th- uh, the Bible says that his Spirit will produce in us, through us, the following. Love, joy, peace... Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So here's a test. Are you lacking love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? If you're lacking any of those, it's a bit like a little red light flashing in your car to let you know there's a little problem in your car because if you've positioned Jesus in the driving seat and you're not pulling the steering wheel all the time you will produce all this fruit so if you if you feel you're lacking these fruit it possibly means that you need to reposition Jesus and so in a few minutes when i ask people if they would like to connect with christ And as I said, I will ask you to stand up. I would also like to ask anyone else who feels, hey, I didn't expect this this morning, but actually, I think I do need to reposition Jesus. And you might need to take him out of the boot, stop having him as a passenger, and put him in the driving seat. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand up as well. Who from? jesus who to you and me what's it about forgiveness from the past new life here today and thirdly a hope for the future for god so loved the world that he gave his only son so whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life that word perish oh it's not a good word In the original Greek, I tell you, it's not a good word. And he's saying, you know, God doesn't want that, but he wants us to have hope, hope. Do you know, our life here on earth is a blip on the eternal screen. God wants us to live our lives here on earth in the light of eternity. And to have that hope, I I think a lot of people's hope today is a bit like a hospital gown. You're usually not as well covered as you think you are. (laughs) Now listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, men and women are traveling along one of two roads. Men and women are going to one of two doors. Men and women are serving one of two masters. Men and women are building their lives on one of two foundations. Men and women are heading towards one of two destinies. It isn't, as Pete said earlier on in the service, this isn't a game. It's not a trivial pursuit. It's about our lives. It's about our past. It's about our present. And it's about our future. There's a graveyard in York... And in the graveyard is a tombstone. On this tombstone are written these words. Remember, friend, when passing by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, soon you will be. Prepare for death and follow me. Interesting words. Somebody read the words and disagreed with them. So they wrote a little addition, scratched it into the stone. It's actually still there today. And they wrote, to follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. <laughs> what is Christianity? It's an invitation. Who from? Jesus. Who to? You and me. What's it about? Forgiveness from the past, new life here today, and a hope for the future. RSVP. Responde, si vous plaît. What have you done with your invitation? What would you like to do with your invitation? Some of you may need to, hey, I need to investigate the invitation. Okay. you've received another invitation to do the alpha course to help you investigate this further. Do it. Some of you, you know this is true. And what you need to do is to accept the invitation and begin to experience the reality of it. And so in a few minutes, if that's you, stand up as your way of saying, yeah, I'd like to accept it. I'm not asking you to stand up to embarrass you, Not at all. I'm asking you to stand up to express your desire and your commitment for this. And also, that standing up amongst Christians within a church, in a church service, will give you the confidence when you walk out of this theatre that you're going to begin to stand up out there. If you can't stand up in here, you'll never stand up out there. And so I'm encouraging you to say, hey, stand up in here because that's what you're going to have to do out there. Others of us, we might need to reposition Jesus and say, hey, I think I've, I've sidelined Jesus. Or, and I know it, it can be very subtle to do that. You kind of slip, go into a diversion and then you, before you realise it, wow, You know, he's moved from being in the driving seat to being a passenger, to being in the boot. And if you need to reposition Jesus, reposition him today. Realign yourself. And you stand up is your way of saying, hey, yeah, I'm going to do that today. When you've stood up, what's going to happen is this. I will pray a prayer. I will ask you to pray a prayer. Then I will say a prayer for you and then ask you to sit down. And at the conclusion of the the service, uh, we'd like to give you something. The church wants to give you a a little booklet, but I would like to give you something. I have brought this postcard of a very famous painting um, of Jesus knocking on our lives on the door of our homes. Uh, The original painting is in St. Paul's Cathedral. I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, But I want to give you this postcard I want you to write the date, Sunday, 27th September 2015, Write where you are, and put down what you did. I received Christ, or I repositioned Jesus. And then put this in your Bible, or put it somewhere, and and just have it as a memento in years to come. you'll You'll find it every now and again, and it's like, oh yeah, Sunday 27th. That was, that was a tipping point. That was the day I, I did this, and it made this difference. Would you just close your eyes for a moment, please? Don't, don't think about other people either side of you. Just for a moment, just think about what you've heard and think about what you would like to do. If you've never accepted the invitation before, What would you like to do? If Jesus is in your life, does he need to be repositioned? Okay, if you'd like to say yes or reposition Jesus, would you please stand up now, wherever you are? Please stand up. Great, thank you. Lovely. Well done. Thank you. <clears throat> Great. Thank you very much. Just before I pray anyone else wants to stand up, please don't leave here with a sense of regret, disappointment that you didn't do something you wanted to. Okay, those of you standing, I will pray a prayer. I will pray the prayer phrase by phrase. I'll pray it once so you know the words. The second time I pray the prayer, would you please pray the prayer out loud with me? And if you're sitting down, you love Jesus, can you please join in with us as we pray this prayer? Here is the prayer. Jesus, I believe you are the King of Kings. Jesus, I believe you are the King of kings. I bow before you now. I bow before you now. I come just as I am. I come just as I am. I know I have done many things wrong. I know I have done many things wrong. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse my life. CLEANSE MY LIFE, SET ME FREE FROM THE PAST, SET ME FREE FROM THE PAST. I INVITE YOU INTO THE DRIVING SEAT OF MY LIFE, I INVITE YOU INTO THE DRIVING SEAT OF MY LIFE. COME IN BY YOUR HOLY SPIRIT, COME IN BY YOUR HOLY SPIRIT, FILL ME WITH YOUR PEACE AND YOUR PRESENCE. Fill me with your peace and your presence. Help me from this day on. Help me from this day on to validate my faith. To validate my faith in thought and word and deed. In thought and word and deed. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. A prayer for you as you stand. In the name of Jesus, I announce and I pronounce his forgiveness over you. May you know his cleansing. May you be set free from the past. May you now experience his peace and his presence. May you know the power of his Holy Spirit on you and in you and with you. And may we all know his protection as we endeavour to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. I want to pray one more prayer. And then we're wrapped up. The Jesus that we we have sung about today, and we've sung to, and the Jesus I've spoken about um, is known by many titles, but one of the titles is that he is the great physician. We live, you know, for, uh, for us Christians, you know, we're like an Easter people living in a Good Friday world, but it feels like Easter Saturday. So we've, we know about Easter Sunday, but the world is very broken, and we're struggling with both mystery and miracle. But we know that Jesus is concerned about the things that concern us. So if you are concerned about your health or you're concerned about the health of someone you love, but they're they're not here, put your hand now. Just put your hand on your heart. This is either to represent yourself or to represent someone else. Jesus, we're asking you now, as the great physician, that you would release your healing presence on us and on those that we're representing who may not be here. Where there is any kind of disease disease, or infection, or sickness, we pray that you will wash it out of our systems now. Just wash it out. Where there has been any kind of degeneration, we pray for regeneration, and we pray for restoration. We pray for the, you're the one, Jesus, that created us in our mother's womb, And therefore, you can recreate. And so we want to speak that into being. Recreation, life, health, new cells. We speak health and wholeness and well-being in body, in mind and spirit. We pray that your healing would continue to rest on us and in us and that today you will give us a tangible sign that you are healing us. And Lord, cleanse us from anything evil. Release anything that has been oppressing any of us. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. So bless us, we pray, with the blessing of God the Father, the blessing of God the Son, and the blessing of God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm really going to believe, and I'm going to keep praying, that um, many of you put your hands on your hearts, so either that's for yourself or someone else, that, that, that we will see something tangible changing in our lives. Great to see so many of you today, either receiving Jesus or repositioning Jesus. Um, thank you to Pete for mentioning these uh, my books. And look, you know, it's I would encourage you to read the Bible. And and one of the things about doing the Alpha course, you're going to learn about what the Bible is, and also be instructed in how to best read it. Um, but you know, if you want something to dip into. God's 10 timeless principles, uh, you might want to look at that. Um, and I, I think also, again, like I said about the lady that I met on the plane, her understanding of Christianity was a misunderstanding. So that's why I wrote this, to explain who Jesus, who, who is Jesus, what did he actually say, what did he actually do, um, and how does that work today? So if, if you do need a little refresher course on Jesus, uh, then maybe look at this. Um, and please, uh, when Pete lets you know, please come and get this. And uh, I'm going to be, be assured, whenever I do this sort of thing, um, I, I pray every day for about seven days. So you're going to get prayed for by me once a day for the next seven days, and then it's all up to you. <laughs> <laughs>